I'm going to tell you what it is, okay? It's a dumbass white movie about some dumbass white girls getting their white asses cut the fuck up, okay? <laughs> yeah, I suppose Sandra Bullock is Miss Ethnicity, right? Well, no, all I'm saying is that the horror genre is historical for excluding the African-American elements. Well, that's how you get your PhD in black cinema, sister soldier. of the year technically um we're talking the faculty today and i have a very special guest cardell morgan is the host of the ordinary show he currently resides in olympia washington with his wife and two children cardell i where did i did i say car hill or did i say cardell i thought you said cardell okay i hope i did because there's a writer a screenwriter named um car hill and -hmm. i listened to his podcast so i I don't want to get confused welcome welcome to the show Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I've been listening to your podcast for, I don't know, since season one. And I was like, oh, man, I would love to be on, the, on your uh, show. And then one day I saw your tweet. And you're like, and I want to be on the show. And I sent out the thing, like, oh, I want to be on your show. I didn't think you were going to, like, pick me to be on the show. So I'm really excited to be on the show. Um, I'm so thankful for you to have me on the show. And I hope I can uh, live up to some of the guests that you can have on the show. Wait, this is so cool. And I know we missed our first, we passed by our first original date because I'm getting better at scheduling. I got a Calendly. I got a Google Calendar. So I will mm-hmm. no longer be missing appointments. So thank you for being patient oh, yeah, with me. Now, the one thing about our show, if someone's new, is that we allow our guests to pick whatever film they want to talk about on our curated list. This year is the year of anniversary. So that's why we're talking about the faculty because it comes out this month on December 25th, Christmas in America um, in 1998. So it's celebrating its anniversary. So we're talking about it for this month's episode, but why did you Cardell pick the faculty? So I, I was looking at the list that you had and you had some ones I had seen before. Um, um, you just did the episode on the skeleton key. It was the one I was thinking about, but I picked out just cause it's the one I've seen the most. So I know most about it. And so nice. I figured, I would be able to talk a little bit more about this one because I've seen it the most out of all the other movies you had on there. When's the first time you watched this movie? Was it in a theater? Was it home DVD uh, or no. home so, VHS? This movie came out when I was 10. So, mm. so I, I get my notes up. Yeah, so the movie came out when I was 10. And so I watched it at home, like at my aunt's house. So my, my mom and my aunt are twins, so they're really close. So we always hang out together. And um, me and my cousins were watching it. And uh, the first time I saw it, I, was, I guessed the end. That's why I, all these years, oh, all, all these years later, I guessed who was the the queen, and everybody oh, was wow. like, everybody was like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, I, I bet it's, I bet it's her. I bet it's that white girl. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Nice one. Spoiler alert. If you, well, I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, then you should have already seen this movie. Um, I, so you mentioned in your bio that you have two children. Do you mind if I ask how old they are? Oh yeah, no worries. Uh, no. My son is five and my daughter is two. Perfect. So just about the right age to watch the faculty, yeah? Right. Yeah, absolutely. You got to sit them down and watch it tonight. <laughs> um, does um, what, maybe not maybe what character, but if what character, what's your favorite scene or, or your favorite character from this film? My, so, okay. So uh, my favorite character, I don't know who's my favorite character. Um, 
I think maybe you're supposed to like Elijah Wood's character. Mm-hmm. Um, but the scene that I really like, and I, I wrote this down in my notes because this is a movie I love. The scene um, where they're in the garage taking the drugs. Yeah, I love that scene because it's like, oh, you know, you got to prove that you're not the, the alien, right? And I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, but it's one of my favorite movies. It's The Thing by John Carpenter's The Thing. Have you ever seen it? The original? Yeah, the original. I actually, I'm going to get killed for this, but it's, this will air in December, so maybe I'll see it by then. I have not seen the original The Thing yet. So, I love that movie, and there's two black guys in that movie. I I won't spoil that one for you, but there's two black guys in that that (laughs) movie. It came out in, like, the 80s before I was born, but um, I love that movie, and that scene is very reminiscent of the scene in that movie, and watching it again this time, I hadn't seen the movie in a while, and I was watching it, and I was like, oh. And actually, there's a, there's a few callbacks to the thing in this movie. So I think maybe whoever made this movie um, also enjoyed that film because there's a few things there. I was like, oh, that's, that's like the thing. Um, uh, so, yeah, if you ever do episode on the thing, please, please, please invite me because I love that film. And I will talk about it uh, yes. for hours. I think next year for the podcast, we'll do a theme of like movies Charday has never seen before because that's a long list. And then I can watch them for the first time with guests who have seen them before. So I will mark that, that you... I will bring you back for the thing and, and I won't watch it until next year. Okay. See, now I can't watch it guys. So I can get, you know, my live reaction for the thing, but that's a good segue to lead us into the film because this movie was written by the Kevin Williamson, who also obviously wrote scream. Um, so he's a genius. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Kevin for for and i'm sure he was heavily inspired by the thing because kevin is a huge horror fan um so let's get into our review slash critique of the faculty so the faculty is directed by robert rodriguez um produced by elizabeth alvalan yeah elizabeth um uh written by kevin williamson and it stars drana brewster clea duvall lauren harris josh hartnett obviously sean hosty um uh, a, a lot of other people, including Elijah Wood, John Stewart, and Usher, Usher Raymond, as he's listed in the credits. There's so many random people in this movie. Random for the time, but yes. now look at these big stars. Oh these yeah, they're famous now. Heavy hitters, they're famous now. But but I think that's a brilliant of the casting, and I I'll find the casting director's name um, as we move on because to put all of these actors together, way like I think. Clea definitely had a, a an episode on Buffy by this time. Mm-hmm. Maybe it premiered before this, maybe not. So she she's been you know pretty well known. And Elijah Wood is a very long career. Oh my god, that Child actor. Red Flyer movie, mm-hmm. the Red Flyer it breaks my heart every time I watch that movie. Yeah, so Elijah Wood's had a long career. Um, Josh Hartnett had a hell of a 1998. So um, what a great casting to put this all together. And Usher is Usher, right? Like, yeah. He is Usher. Yeah, that's I mean, how you draw your Usher black man. Usher was Usher the most in the 90s, I would think, right? Yes, especially in 98, 99. So this is how you want to bring black audiences in. Yes, bring Usher in in 1998, which is what everyone was kind of doing at that yeah. time. They were using us, and it worked. I remember <laughs> on your episode about uh, Halloween Resurrection, you were talking about that. And yeah. it, it really made me start thinking about it, going back and watching those movies again. I was like, oh, yeah, there were a lot. Yeah, you had Rod Digga in 13 Ghosts. Mm-hmm. You had, obviously, LL Cool J um, in, in Deep Blue Sea, but also in Halloween um, H2O. And then Resurrection, obviously, you had um, 
Tyra Banks. And <laughs> why can't I remember? I'm I'm so old. Old. I am so sorry. I'm forgetting his name. I'm gonna get killed Which for movie? this. Resurrection. Oh, um, Buster Rhymes. Oh wow, Buster Rhymes. Thank you. I was like, oh wow. I'm just a brain fart. Um, so that was the thing. You know, hip hop <laughs> in the '90s. Oh, I mean, between uh, Puff Daddy at the time, Mace, um, uh, Little Kim. Like it, it was, it was glossy, right? It was, fa- mm-hmm. it was fantasy. It was. And it was just really hitting mainstream, like late '90s when it was more ish pop, and you saw more pop girls having rappers in their songs. So, so yeah, the movie studios thought it was a smart idea to invite hip hop stars into their horror films so they can invite the black audience, and it it worked. I showed up. <laughs> like, um, I do think now we can kind of look at it as a time it was like, oh, they were just using us because you, you know Usher in this movie is like. There and gone. Yeah, no. um, Usher was, but Usher was also in. Wasn't he in? What's the the teen comedy movie around this time with Paul Walker? Rest in peace. She's all that. Usher wasn't. Usher wasn't. She's all that. So was he, was he in that? What? He was, and you know what? I don't know if you remember. There's a movie called Can't. It's not Can't Hardly Wait. Oh my god, I'm gonna forget. I'm gonna look it up right now, you guys. It's Cisco was in it though, and it was a teen heart film where they were doing. Um, a, a a reimagining. Oh, it's called Get Over It. Yep, it's called Get Over It. It's got Kirsten Dunst in it, Mila Kunis. If you haven't watched it, it came out in two thousand one. It's like a quintessential teen um, high school romantic comedy movie, and Cisco's in it. So yeah, he's on the cover. I can see him now, and he's on the cover, right? Because yeah. at the time, I think maybe Thong Song had just is it coming out around this time so it's a ploy it was a marketing ploy and people used it and it worked i think now i'm grateful i mean this is afro horror so i'm grateful that we've moved past to just sticking black people in to bring the black audience and we're actually bringing black stories into horror that we can Mm -hmm. actually analyze and appreciate so i am i am appreciating the uh i don't know if it's resurgence maybe it's the emergence i don't know of like black people leading horror right like it's kind of like their own yeah. thing right i mean there are a few that i couldn't really get into but for the most part at least they're there right i don't have to be the everything that has to be for me but the fact that they're out there for whoever they are for i think it's really good because yeah a lot of times black people in a lot of genres not just horror genres get left out of it uh, oh yeah i think about black people but especially in horror <laughs> yeah but i think about black people in sci-fi how Oh my God. Yes, you're right. No, sci-fi is the worst. Sci-fi yeah. is absolutely the worst. And I like that. I think the right word is what you said. It's a resurgence because there has always been black horror. Um, it just hasn't been mainstream. Like, you know, Tales from the Hood, obviously is number one Classic. when we think about it. But Blackula, A Vampire in Brooklyn, mm, you know, exactly. these are, yeah, these are things, um, even going all the way back to Sugar Hill, they've always existed. It's just, it's that white people are late catching on to it. So, I like the the term resurgence because now it's like, all right, well now other cultures are jumping in on, we've always been here. We're just telling our stories now and you are catching on to it. Um, thankfully to people like Jordan Peele, um, Nita Costa, who at this point with this episode's release, Candyman should be out. If, if all goes well in the world, hope, right? Yeah. I hope we don't, by the time the episode airs and it's like, uh, actually, we got pushed back three years. I've been waiting. I know it oh, could God. happen because God forbid, you know, as we're taping this, it's like a little time capsule. You guys we're taping this on May 14th and the CDC says that we can go outside without our mask if we're vaccinated. So 
this is a time capsule. Let us listen back to it in December and say, oh, they were so wrong or, oh, great. They were right about that. It's, you know. My wife and I just went to the movies for the first time in over a year. What did you see? We saw, just based off time and scheduling, we saw Wrath of Man with like Jason Statham. Okay. Yeah. You know, Spiral comes out today. It does and I come think, out today, yeah. yeah. I think that's the first movie that's going to get me in the theater. Yeah. I, I'm i really nervous about it. When I saw it, the trailer though. for that, when I first heard about that movie, I was like, oh, Chris Rock, a saw movie. I was like, I don't know if mm-hmm. I want to watch it. Then I saw the first trailer for it, and I was like, I think I want to watch all that in. movie. Yeah. I'm all in. And um, the, the screenwriters, um, Josh and Pete, I'm interviewing Pete again. This is taped in May. I'm interviewing Pete on May 20th to talk mm-hmm. about it. And Josh is, you know, I, this is gonna be really funny to listen back to. I don't know if Clubhouse will be a thing when this this uh, episode airs, but it is a thing now. We have an Afro horror on Clubhouse, and oh. and Josh, who's a co-writer, Spiral, has come in during our saw night and just gave us so many gems about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I'm thinking this week. Maybe not this weekend because I still don't believe in going to movies during opening weekend since y'all act a goddamn fool in these theaters many years ago. Um, so I'm thinking, but Spiral might be the first film. If not, Black Widow will be the first film mm. that gets my butt in a seat. I would definitely see Black Widow in theater. I'll try yeah. to see Spiral. I don't know if I will see Spiral. I'll try to see Spiral in theater. Right. I think I have to. Well, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, because yeah. yeah, Josh will kill me. Okay, so so the what are we, the faculty is distributed by Merrimax Films, which is also produced by Dimension Films. And if you're a horror fan, then you know very much that Dimension Films and Merrimax just means one word: Weinstein. <laughs> Fuck Weinstein. So, um, hopefully that experience on set wasn't too terrible for the people in this film. But I guess we'll never know. I'm sure Kevin Williamson has so many Weinstein stories. I don't know if he's ever spoken about them publicly, but I would love a memoir, Kevin, a memoir. And I would love a whole chapter just on Weinstein. Maybe a whole book on it, if you could share some stories. Even reading some of those articles that came out in like the Me Too thing was like a fool when it first came out. And just reading some of those articles that some the women were putting out about the way he acted, I don't know. That was too no. much for me. <laughs> you know what's interesting? Yeah. This is a good conversation to talk about since we're Afro horror. Black uh, actors and artists have kind of surpassed that whole wine scene thing because they weren't hiring us. Right, and yeah. um, and I'm 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 sad that any woman, no matter what color, had to go through that. Um, I also look at it though; it's the same thing with like Woody Allen. I'm like, black people will never have an, a problem denouncing Woody Allen because we've never been in any of his films, so <laughs> it's not like we have a choice. I, you know, I, I find it weird that. Woody Allen isn't just thrown out that he still has a, a semi good career because I don't I know like, this by the time this airs who knows this <laughs> right gonna go on man this guy married his right. daughter I mean come on well you know what's interesting we talk about this in Clubhouse a lot where we're like there's there's this really weird dichotomy to being a black horror fan you want more black people in your horror films right mm-hmm. but then you also don't want black people to be harmed on screen because you don't want to see black trauma. So you're like, oh, I want black horror people. But I also don't want to see a film that just kills a bunch of... I always said I wish we had a black female um, slasher, like, killer. But then it also comes with a connotation, like, are we, you know, saying the black women are angry? Like, it's it's a weird 
uh, place to be in. It would have to take someone who's, I think Jordan Peele might be doing it with Kiki Palmer. We'll see. It would take a really nuanced story that makes sense, that is upper pro of race, right? We have to remove somewhat the race aspect of it. Um, Because I really do think women, at the end of the day, we should have a, you know, especially Black women. If there's anyone who deserves to be a serial killer, it's us. But we're not. Who? I mean, (laughs) if you think about um, whose anger is legitimate, right? Who? Right. There's always these uh, white guys getting upset going on murder sprees. It's like, what are you upset about, guy? Taxi driver, right? Right. Oh, she didn't. She didn't like my. Okay, so I'm gonna kill everyone. Sure, but black women having to deal with sexism and racism, like, why haven't we been serial killers? Like, we really should be by now, (laughs) allegedly. Um. So I will say uh, it's a dichotomy, especially as a horror writer myself. I'm like, I don't want to put black pain on TV, but I also really want us to be a part of this genre. So. Anyway, we'll work on it slowly. Um, all right. So this movie was made on a budget of $15 million and ended up making $60 million worldwide. So, hey, hey, oh, hey. That's really good. We never got a sequel for it. Um, I someone I think I listened to Trace and Joe's podcast, Horror Queers, and they said someone mentioned it, either Trace or Joe or their guest, that they didn't mind that it didn't have a sequel. Mm-hmm. I mind. I want a faculty universe. I want to see the aliens go from middle school or high school all around this stupid-ass country and just murking people. But not, I don't want the faculty in the hood. You know, that was another trope of the 90s that happened. Every mm-hmm. horror genre mm-hmm. had it in the hood. Do you ever see Leprechaun in the hood? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Leprechaun in the hood. I never saw Leprechaun in the hood, but I, I mean, I've certainly heard about it. I mean... You've never seen Leprechaun in the Hood? I've never seen Leprechaun in the Hood. I know Ice-T okay, is in I, it, I think. Ice-T is in it! Ice-T is in it! <laughs> <laughs> and I... I he, lo- he loves mentioning that film. He has no qualms about mentioning that film. Um, I think you should watch it. Okay. Um, it is completely out of touch, yes, but it actually does have a good story for the lead character, like a good arc. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is actually like a sound story, stru- like a hero's journey in the Leprechaun series. Yeah. You should give it a watch. Um, we're celebrating two black, black people today in the faculty, though. Oh, I okay. can speak. We are celebrating oh, yeah. two black people in the faculty, right? Saw, Do you know who the other one is? I, yes, I, I wrote it down. Hold on. I wrote it down. Okay. I'm going to tell you. Dwayne Martin is the cop. Dwayne Martin is the cop. Um, yep. Little black trivia. Do you also know what other popular horror franchise he is from? He was in Scream 2. He's in Scream 2. So um, we're celebrating him and Usher today. Now... This is coming out in December, so I I think I can say this now. Okay. Oh, I mean, I'm going to say it. People are going to get mad. Spoiler, possible spoiler for Scream 2022. There is a rumor going around that Scream 2022 is going to bring back some old players from every movie. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like a, a reboot. The, like the Avengers of screen exactly like the avengers of scream universe and and the rumor is because he was the only surviving black person out of scream 2 rest in peace hallie and rest in peace everyone else um that Dwayne martin the cameraman joel is going to be one of the people that comes back would you like that i, I would think that's like, dope. i would like that i would like that i think that'd lot. be dope you know a lot of times in, in movies not just horror movies like i think people underutilized like the smaller characters when they make sequels yes like that's good like connectivity in your films right like bring back this random janitor random right 
Right, because because Joel got got the fuck out. Joel was like, <laughs> you, "You died, I'm out." <laughs> he left, and that and that was his, and he never came back. And I think that's such a great way to bring him back because he he got out of there before it could continue. So could you imagine you what left he, a situation, <laughs> had to come back and get killed? I was about to ask you, do you think he would make it again if they brought him back? He would not. He would not. <laughs> so poor Joel. I would be so pissed if, like, I can imagine he's like in my. Um, fan version. Joel switched careers. He left the cameraman lifestyle because it wasn't safe. He became a corporate accountant. No, right? That's an easy job. And then all of a sudden, he goes back to Woodsboro. I don't know for some reason. And then boom, he's killed by the ghost face. I'd they're, be so pissed. <laughs> they're rebooting Stab. They want to bring people in. They offer him a lot of money. He can e- exactly. Money right. Exactly. So I'm really excited to see Dwayne Martin. And if he is, I'm just saying it's a possible spoiler. If he is in Scream 2022, um, so I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And if you're offended by that, I might have spoiled it. I'm sorry. I don't even know where I heard that rumor from. I, think, I, I really don't. Can rumors be spoilers? Because they're just rumors. There could just be rumors. Right. And he he technically, he, I guess he posted something on his Instagram. This is where I heard it from. Someone said, oh, he alluded that he's in the movie somehow. And then this like fan conspiracy theory kind of rolled. Fans pick up on every little thing on the internet. You can say anything. Oh, we do. We do. And then we're also obviously celebrating Usher who plays Gabe Santora. Is that his name? Um, That's that's, that's what it is on IMDb. I'm not sure if they said his name in that movie. They do not say his name in the movie, but on IMBD, he is listed as Gabe Santora, which makes me think, yeah, you didn't write this role for a black guy to play, but just conveniently, <laughs> you had, like, he fit. I don't believe that, yeah, yeah, Gabe, yeah, Gabe. I don't believe that Gabe was supposed to be in this movie, a black man. He doesn't show up till 21 minutes into the film, and he, I he think, I'm not sure he even says anything when he shows up, he's just like... There. Football player. Right. And we don't know what was actually scripted versus what made the final cut. So he may have had a little bit more work and he just hit the cutting room floor. But um, news to studios, if you're going to put a really important hip hop star to the black community, don't just let them be a damn football player. Give us something. Like, let us see, at least let us see some Usher chest in the locker room. <laughs> something for the women folk. All right. We've, we've messed around enough. Let's get to, <laughs> let's get to the the damn movie. Okay, so here's the opening stanza of the plot summary from Wikipedia for The Faculty, December 25th, 1998. One evening at Harrington High School in Ohio, several teachers and Principal Drake leave after discussing the school's budget. When Drake returns to retrieve her keys, Coach Willis becomes increasingly erratic and stabs a pencil through Drake's hand as she attempts to leave. Drama teacher Mrs. Olsen emotionally slabs Drake with scissors. Wow. I can read as she flees the school. Um, so, okay, sorry. go ahead. No, no. I, I, I love that you took notes and that you're ready. Let's do yeah, it. I took notes. So the first thing that I realized about this movie, well, the first thing I wrote was Breakfast Club meets the thing. That's the first thing I wrote. But yep. a- after that, I wrote uh, the coach, but even before he's an alien, he's very angry. A lot of people in this movie are angry. I don't know if you realize that. Like, just they're, just they're white people angry. living in middle America. They have all the things to be angry about, right? <laughs> I mean, I did. It, it felt odd to me. No, they don't. So angry, and then the kids in the hall were like fighting, like no reason. Oh my god! Yes, that scene where the girl is slapping the shit out of her boyfriend, yes. and Josh Hartnett is just looking at her, smiling. And I was like, "Yo, I went to high school too, but I don't remember bitches slapping their boyfriend <laughs> like in the hallway." Like, 
everyone is quite angry. This this is a lot of energy in mm-hmm. this school. Maybe yeah. that's why the aliens are drawn to them. Maybe is it easier? Because why this aggressive? school? Yeah, I don't know. Right. Like, why, what makes this school, what makes Harrington High School so special? And it's in Ohio. So maybe it, it has to do, well, first of all, they're not around water. Like, that mm-hmm. that's a big clue. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you know, they're not around a lot of water, but There's, also you think it, it rains. Be. Well, mm-hmm. that's true. Right. Why don't you guys go to, like, Santa Monica High? Right. Somewhere in Miami. And just be, somewhere in Miami. Right. Miami, where it rains. London, where it rains all the time. Up here with um, me in Seattle. It rains all the time. Right. I, Right. Oh, in Seattle. This should be in Seattle. Kevin, we have notes. Remake. Let's go back Sequel. and remake. Sequel set in Seattle. Because you need the water. It makes sense. Um, but you're you're so right. Everyone is so angry in this movie. And I just I just flash back to my I'm from Michigan. So mm-hmm. we're a hop away from Ohio. And I was like, I don't remember us being that angry. Like we were just kids. We were just like, were we mad sometimes? Yeah, but we were pretty much goofing around having fun. These kids are pissed. <laughs> like they're all so mad. Um, and I also will say Jordana Brewster is probably the most prettiest teenager I've ever seen in my life. Like it's ridiculous how beautiful she is. And I was like, Oh, that's not reality for high school, but okay. <laughs> um, I said okay. to her character. Her character is the worst. I don't they're know if we get to that part yet, but she well, no, we'll get there. They're 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 all kind of not great people, right? Like they are, the but I don't know, she seems She's a little, little bitchy. To me. She's a little mean. And even without an alien invasion. Right. Like, yeah, that's, she is mean. Yeah. Well, pretty privilege. Pretty privilege. She, she does what she wants. Um, okay. Look, the following morning, the students arrive, including, here we go. Here's our characters. Casey Connor, the dedicated but perpetually harassed photographer of the school newspaper. Casey is the underappreciated assistant to spiteful Delilah Prophet. That's Jordana. Jordana, mm-hmm. whatever. The paper's editor-in-chief and head cheerleader. Um, first of all, let's stop right there. Girl, head cheerleader and editor-in-chief? Ain't no way. Doing too much. You're doing a lot. Right. For what? To get to get into where? I don't know. Princeton? Like, <laughs> you're in Ohio. You're going to OSU like everyone else, and we're going to call it a day. Um, but, I, I mean, all, I love ambitious women, so good for you. Casey, okay, well, sorry. Delilah's mistreated boyfriend, Stan, is contemplating quitting the football team to pursue academics. This this part right here, she really rails on him. A lot, yeah. She's like about very upset football. about it. Like he, he, he has a role. It's almost as if he's a thing that she has, right? And he can't do right. that. Like, you can't not be on the football team because I'm who I am and I have this, right? She's. It's just interesting to me because I'm like, girl, you're the editor in chief and a head football and a head cheerleader. You should understand dichotomy, number one. And you should want a man that's going to have academics to fall back on because football, you blow a knee, you're done. Your career is done. Like, why? And he, no offense to you, um, uh, Stan, you look a little small for football. (laughs) I don't really see you as a linebacker. Like maybe I I get that you're the uh, what do you? I don't know sports, so help me out. What is he the 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 guy throws the ball? Oh, the quarterback. The quarterback. He's the quarterback. I think so. I think he's the quarterback. Not hundred percent sure on that, but I think he is. He looks a little scrawny. He he looks like he'd be easily tackled. And honestly, if you're playing in in Harrington High School, Ohio, are you really gonna have a football career? Like. Do you think Are she, you gonna get recruited? Do you think she planned on keeping him after high school? Oh hell no! That's she so, did not. So so she didn't care about his academics. She's like, after high school, you're somebody else's problem. 
That's true. I guess she was more so focused on like right now in high school, king football is king. I really love. I really love that we're past that ninety tropes that the head football cheer uh, player and the cheerleader. Because I'm like, it's just not. It's just not like that anymore. <laughs> like yeah. the theater kids are making a comeback. I think. <laughs> I feel. I feel like we are. Maybe we're not. Um, Sam, you're in an abusive relationship. So during the show, uh, Cardell, I like to mm. sometimes pack care packages for the characters. Okay. This is not true. I just made this up today. Um, so we'll see if I, but I think we should each start packing care packages for okay. the characters. So for Stan, I'm going to put a, a subscription to therapy and me. Mm. So he can talk to a therapist about why he's into abusive relationships, especially with um, his girlfriend. What are you going to put in his backpack? Are, are these uh, things from 2021 or from 1998? Ooh, that's a great question. Ooh, you're right. Let's go back in time. Okay. I take my gift back then. Sorry, that's a 2021 gift. But what I will do, Stan, since it's 1998, I will um, drop a, oh dang, 1988. Okay, I'll put an AIM together. I'm going back. I'm going to put an AIM together, instant messenger called Mm -hmm. Stan's Therapist, at Stan's Therapist. The door will always be open. The opening sound, you know, always be open. And you can DM me, Stan, whatever issues you're having. And I can give you some like eight-year-old Chardet toxic relationship advice. Okay, so that's better. What are you putting in his care package? Uh, gee, I don't know. I'm on the spot. Uh, what am I gonna give Stan? Cause, but he he doesn't want to do football anymore. He's in school now. What's a good book from 1998 that wasn't good? Like a book. I'm gonna I'm gonna um. Harry Potter. Go Harry, oh yeah, <laughs> invest in uh. <laughs> yeah, get some Harry Potter books. This is gonna be big. Yeah, let me get you some Harry Potter stock. Right, if there's such yeah. a thing. Yeah, right. I, I was, that's what I was gonna say. But I was like, there's no stock in movies. <laughs> Well, no, but I think the publishing house, whoever mm. published Harry mm-hmm. Potter, you can mm-hmm. give him a stock, yeah. buy him like a $10 stock. This is going to be a big deal for like the next 20 years. Or just tell them who J.K. Rowling is. Like, hey, loan her some money. She'll owe you. There you go. Oh, there you go. Or give him, just feed him the idea. Like, you should become a writer. Oh, if you're going to yeah. s- quit sports, I suggest you write. And then I suggest you write a story about a young wizard who, does, who doesn't know that he's a wizard. <laughs> Tell it. There you go. We'll, we'll stand. Um, we'll come back and okay, put more things in your backpack. Yeah, we're going to put more things in his backpack um, as we go along because he's dealing with a lot. I was just, the movie's playing in the background on silent. And I also I also need to shout out some other people. Selma Hayek is in this film yes. as a nurse. I love Selma Hayek. Love Selma Hayek. Why are you the school nurse? You're too hot to be in Ohio. <laughs> um, um and then, unfortunately, trigger warning for everyone: sexual assault. Danny Masterson is in this yes, film, yes, playing a very surprised. Danny Masterson. Mm. You were surprised? Yeah, I was surprised. I, I I didn't know anything about him before that scene the show. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's he's in this film. Um, and then there there's a kid. Hughes. All right, I I know the horror fans are gonna kill me. The kid who plays, how do I, how do I, how do I say this? Okay, you you guys remember Scary Movie, right? Oh, you remember Scary Movie? Yeah, I remember Scary Movie. The kid who plays the spoof version of Stu is in this movie. He's sitting at a picnic table and his girlfriend's pushing him and he's not paying attention because I think he's been infected by the alien by now. I don't know. Let me see if I can find his name on IMBD. He's in this movie and it's. 
it's such a nice nod to um, Scream because Kevin Williamson wrote Scream. All right, I think I found it. Sorry, you guys. I just I, this is really important for me to nail. Okay, John Abrams. He plays Bobby in scary movie mm-hmm. but in the faculty he's just some uncredited kid who's sitting at a parch bank getting pushed by his girlfriend i think he's even the kid getting slapped in the face in the beginning of the movie probably who's getting slapped by sense. his girlfriend um that is i just saw in the background i was like yo what a small world that is anyway john, we will get through john this. abrams john abrams yeah Has he, he plays bobby else? Yeah, he's, uh, let's see. John, what have you been in, my dude? Let me find, let me reopen up your IMVD. John has been in House of Wax. He played uh, the best, Dalton, the best friend mm-hmm. who died. Meet the parents all at once. But he's not credited in the faculty. If you, he had this very distinct, like, oh. hair. Yeah, did he you see him? He is the brother in Meet the Parents. He, yes, he is. He's the, yeah. So, Oh, and wow. he's in room. Yeah, I have really I been ignoring that. his face. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's I, in a lot of things. He's got he's... very distinct dark hair that's really greasy. No offense, John. I was just saying that's how I recognize you. So it was. I don't know if anyone else. If you're watching this, and you're like, I don't think that's him. Hit me up in the emails. But I'm pretty sure it's him. It looks just like it is. It is. He's credited on the IMBD as Fu Boy. <laughs> so he's the one getting slapped yeah, in the yeah. beginning of the movie. So. What a fun circle that he gets to play Stu or a spoof of not not a spoof of Stu, sorry, a spoof of um Sydney's boyfriend. Who yeah, I can't remember. My mind's blanking. Like, anyway, he's in he's in all these movies. Oh my gosh, that was a fun little stop boy. Okay, here we go. Continuing on. Right. So Zeke Tyler, aka Josh Hartnett, mm-hmm. is an intelligent, intelligent yet rebellious student. Repeating his senior year, Zeke sells, among other illegal items, a powdery ecstasy-like drug he manufactures and distributes. He is confronted by teacher Elizabeth Burke, who expresses concern for him over his legal activities. So, Josh Hartnett is wonderful. What yes. was your? Did, is that what it says in your notes too? <laughs> no, not as Josh Hartnett wonderful. But Josh Hartnett is a, a really good actor. But no, that interaction he has with uh, Famke Jensen—I don't know her character's name. Oh, it's Elizabeth Burke. Yes. She's too timid to be a high school teacher. I don't oh, know she's beautiful. She, no, timid. She's too timid to be. A oh, high timid. Yeah. Oh she's well, she's and she's like a she's like a substitute teacher too. She's yeah, she not even like teacher. the real. Oh, I don't okay. think it's her first day. I, I mean, I don't think it's. I think it's her first day. Oh, okay. Um, from what I take it, because she's like in the opening scene where she's talking to them about whatever. I think she's talking about Trotsky or it's some English thing. She um, is really nervous and she is, I'm sorry, her name's not Elizabeth Burke. That's the principal's name mm. um, or the other, other teacher's name, but she's really timid, but she's so pretty. And I was just like, our teachers don't look like this. Teachers don't look like this. Honestly, Josh Hartnett is such a heartthrob. You had to be there. You're only, I think you're about two years older than me. So you were there. Mm-hmm. Um, the nineties belonged to Josh Hartnett. He was in a lot of stuff. You what? He was in a lot of stuff. He's in a lot of stuff, and he, like, 30 Days of Night, well, the Black Dahlia, I mean, he has a long, long history. We see where he was doing in 98. So, okay, so this year, again, was really big for him. He did have Halloween H2O release and the faculty release. What a year. What a year. Then he did the Virgin Suicides the next year. Then he did Here on Earth. Do you guys remember Here on Earth? I love that movie. Um, Then he did Pearl Harbor. Like, Josh Mm. Hartnett just had a fire... 
fire five years. He's, I, mean, I don't know if you agree with me, Cardell. Okay. He has this like white boy quality to him where he's not like conventionally handsome, but he is so fine at the same time. Do you I know think, what I'm saying? I think he's one of the, like, uh, I don't want to speak for black women, right? But I think he's one of those white boys that black women are like, he's okay. Yes. Like, him, Chris Evans. Um, yes. Who else yes. is one of those? Like, I don't know. Definitely yes on the Chris Evans. Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, most of the Chris's. And then Hartnett with his hair. He had this like really off-putting, like messy hair and and it like a Caesar cut, but also it was it was like raised at the back. And then he had just like this stoner energy and dead eyes. I know I'm I sound like I'm dragging him, but I'm really <laughs> saying I sound like I'm dragging the fuck out of him. But he is really attractive for some reason. It just works. Yeah. Um, and I've not seen another actor like him since. Mm-hmm. That has this like awkward, like quirky, nerdy, stony, like hot vibe. I don't know. Okay. Maybe Seth Rogen. I don't know. Um, but he's selling drugs in a pen, mm-hmm. which I think is so brilliant. It's a crafty little student. Okay. And like mechanical pens. Yeah. Do you ever do drugs in high school? I didn't do drugs in high school. No. I didn't do drugs in high school too. When we get to the scene where he does the drugs, I would like to know if you would take the drugs. Oh, okay. When we get there, we'll talk about it. Yeah. 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 Pause. Pause okay. that thought. I'll pause it. Um, so then we have a native transfer student named Mary Beth Louise Hutcherson, which should have been their first clue that this bitch is not so, real. I'm from the South. Oh. Nobody's is it real? No, nobody's No one's talking about <laughs> I mean, maybe every but, now and then you run across somebody with a really big accent like that, but... I don't think anyone talks like that. <laughs> I'm from the South. But her name, Mary Beth Louise Hutcherson, just sounds like an alien trying oh, to pretend up, yeah. to be. Yeah. yeah, like it sounds like a made up name. Like that that should have been their first clue. Like, okay. Um, and then she, so she befriends uh, self. It, this is how they're describing it, not me. She befriends self styled outcast Stokely Mitchell, who has deliberately spread rumors that she is a lesbian though she has a crush on Stan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mary Beth develops a crush on Zeke. A lot of things happening mm-hmm. here. Um, you guys should check out, while you listen to this, check out the Horror Queers episode on this movie because they really deep dive to talk about why it's problematic that Stokely is spreading a rumor that she's gay to protect herself. And it doesn't, even though, and the screenwriter, I don't know if you know, Kevin Williamson is also an open queer man. So there's a lot of nuances to it that I don't feel comfortable going into because I'm not queer. But you guys should check out um, Horror Queers. They have a whole episode on it. It's a really, really good episode where they, they break down the, the, the dynamics of, of that, the, that the, character. Um, the actress, she is a lesbian. She believe, is. Right? Yeah. So, she's out and she's proud. So it is interesting. Um, and I think the critique would be worse if it was from a straight screenwriter, but but Kevin Williamson is is, is openly gay. So uh, again, check out the Horror Queers episode to break it really down. They do a really great job. Sure. Um, okay, so then Mary Beth develops a crush on Zeke's period because that's, <laughs> that's Josh Hartnett. And of course you would. Um, Casey notices a strange creature on the football field and takes it to the science teacher, Mr. Furlong. That's John Stewart. 
Um, which let's pause right here again you had to be there you guys if you're a younger listener you missed the best part john stewart also was the shit in the 90s and not just because he had a dope uh show that came on late night i think it was on at this time but he used to act yeah i don't yeah i don't think it was on he was acting he was acting he used to act all the time right so he he didn't start the daily show until like what 2001 or something like that you're right and it's always funny for me to look back on a movie like this and go, oh my God, John Stewart, because I know him more from The Daily Show. So right. I'm always like, I think most how did do. this actor, how did he get to these roles? But he's a really good actor. I, there, You know what? There's another, let me find it. Thank God for IMDb. So, There's another John Stewart movie that I love. Go ahead. While I find I'll it. I was say, back to what you were saying about seeing him, be, it being kind of weird seeing him in a movie because you know him from The Daily Show. The other day I was scrolling through some, I don't even know which streamer it was, so I might to watch and I found a movie. I didn't watch it, but I found a movie with uh, Jay Leno in it. Jay like, Leno. Jay Leno. What are you? You don't You're act. Acting? Right. Right. Yeah. It's hard. I miss good late night. Like again, Jay Leno, Letterman, Stewart. That was golden. Tea. And yes, I'm. I'm sad that there were no black people or no women, especially involved. But those late night, they had it. I was tuning in. I was always a a Letterman girl. I always. But John mm-hmm. had me as well. Mm-hmm. IMBD is acting shisty. I'm just trying to figure out what movie I saw John Stewart in, and I uh, loved him. Was it? Wait, here it is. All I remember I think of he did was that um, Death to Smoochie. Death movie? to Smoochie. I have it here. I have. Okay. Oh, maybe maybe there wasn't. <laughs> maybe there wasn't. I'm just making it up. I sp- maybe it was this movie because it's literally not listed. Wait. Yeah. Oh wait, here we go. Actor. He's 16 credits as an actor. Oh, um, okay, the faculty. Big Daddy! It's Big Daddy! Do you He's remember that movie? movie? I remember yes, that movie. He, I've seen that movie plenty of times. He played um Adam Sandler's friend who actually was the father of the kid. It was revealed he was the father of the kid. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I, remember I that love now. John Stewart's performance in that movie, especially at the end in the courtroom, and he's like, That's my son. Look, love John Stewart, so talented. I wish he would come back on our screens a lot often but he's actually out there fighting the good fight for like mm-hmm. 9-11 firefighters to get you know medical care um i really love him and dearly he's great this is not a john stewart podcast but this is it should be <laughs> so they go to the science teacher john stewart who believes it is a new species um a parasite delilah and casey hide in the teacher's lounge to find the, a story they witness coach willis and miss olsen forcing one of the creatures into the ear of selma hayek and they also find the body of another teacher. So here you go. Well, two things to say about that. One, they were just touching that thing. They don't know what it is. They were just touching it. I really nearly mm-hmm. as if, like, you don't know what it could be. Not right. to even say it's an alien. It could just be poison. You don't know what it is. And two, right. when they're in that closet, because I wrote it down, Casey sniffed Delilah's hair. Did you notice Casey that? Casey does sniff. I did notice that. Um, I was like, what is that about? She might smell good. Is that an issue? I don't know. No? I think it's kind of weird to like kidding. sniff random people. <laughs> Casey will probably never get was was never until the this movie gonna get close to a woman like that. He took a shot. Um, you know, honestly, as we're getting as we, I feel close to you now, Cardell. So I think mm-hmm. I can confess this. I am all about smells. Okay. Like I have, I I, I have perfumes for different kind of fragrances for the mood I have for the day. I have, I, I don't really do like heavy perfume fragrance. I love like a nice light, like summer breeze, a lemon. I'm obsessed with lemon and I'm obsessed with peppermint. 
Mm, And one time I was on a date and I had just sprayed my hair with um, some leave-in conditioner that's vanilla scented. Mm. And the guy gave me a hug and he complimented. He's like, you smell like vanilla. And I was so happy. And I was like, oh my God, that's the whole purpose of me putting on these damn fragrances and lotions is to get a compliment that I smell good. I'm really, really into smells. Okay. That, I so get that, it's right? a compliment. You put it on like for him, right? I get that, right? You want him to smell No, I didn't put it on for him. I, I put on perfume to bed. Like that's oh, okay. how serious I am about it. I just want to smell good all the time. I, I guess I just like, they were like pushing this closet randomly. I don't know. This is some guy you barely know, like just smelling. I don't know. It just seems weird to me. Some guy you, well, I like, mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not excusing it. It is borderline. Um, it, it, it is not borderline. It is definitely an invasion. But um, for me, I'd be, thank God it smelled good. If someone <laughs> sniffs me, I'm hoping like, oh, she smells good. And not like, oh my God. You know? <laughs> but Casey, that is some weird shit. Let's actually, this is a good segue. Let's pack some stuff for Casey. Let's put okay. something in That's Casey's okay. backpack. So 1998, Casey. <laughs> I'm going to be really shady to you, Casey. Um, Casey, aka Elijah Wood, since you like smelling women's hair, I am going to give you a lock mm. of my hair with my vanilla scented leave-in conditioner. And you can smell it whenever you want. You can walk around and twirl it under your nose. And that way you could stay off smelling women who don't want to be smelled. And you'll always have a lock of smell good hair. Mm-hmm. What are you packing for Casey? I don't know, like some, uh, a book to help him. Like, uh, I don't know what, Why are, oh, what are you doing? You gave Stan a book. You can't I, just be the librarian. I don't know. I think he needs a book on how to socialize or something. Or maybe like a book on tape. Because he doesn't know how to hang out with people. He's... He's weird until, until he gets, like, popular. Get him the Tony Robbins, whatever the first book Tony Robbins ever wrote. I'm sure it came out around this time. Tony Robbins. Yeah. You're just passing out books. I apologize all to right. all the uh, no characters of this movie. No right. They're getting care packages, and you're just like, here's a book for you. Like, they could go to the public library if they wanted to do that. We've got to provide them with tangible okay. uh, anyway i'm not judging okay. your books books are wonderful uh, you hear that casey get excited you're getting a book <laughs> with your little you could use my uh lock of hair as a, a placeholder for your book casey <laughs> oh, yeah. all right so they they find another body miss rummel and mm-hmm. casey and delilah flee and casey calls the police principal drake claims there's nothing wrong and that casey is seeking attention Mm-hmm. that's so hurtful. Okay, so the next day, Casey tells Delilah, Stan, and Soakley he believes the teachers are being controlled by aliens. After Zeke and Mary Beth teases them about their theory, Mr. Furlong confronts them. This is that scene, you guys, where, you know, we're in the um, the the room, the science room with, with um, John Stewart, and he suddenly becomes defensive, and it attempts to infect them with the, the creature, and they beat the <laughs> hell out of him as a so, unit. So, I have a question. Yes. I don't know if you may have thought about it, but the nature of these aliens. Right. Because in that scene, I think Josh Stewart gets his fingers cut off. Right? He gets his he gets stabbed in the eye with one of Zeke's um and he gets his fingers cut off. And one fingers, of Zeke's what do you call it? Uh, yeah. And this is another callback to the thing, right? The thing the fingers start acting independently. Yes, right? exactly. They start running at them mm-hmm, and everything. Mm-hmm. But then later in the movie at the end when they kill all the aliens, they kill the queen, then everybody's just back to normal. I thought they had, like, 
manipulate their art. Do you still have these abilities? Can you still like just cut off your fingers and like they act independently? Like what? I think, but the queen is the head bee, and when she's gone, everything falls like, apart. I guess the function of your body, though, is what I'm saying. Like if your body could do right. that when you're oh, infected, how can you go back to not being that way? That's that's a great scientific question. Maybe I'm thinking um, I'm thinking too much into it, right? I'm, no, but it's interesting. I'm not it's just like, did his fingers enough. grow back, or is he just like four fingered? I don't know. I mean, he's dead, so right. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Well, yeah, he's dead. Um, he's dead. But I don't know. I, don't I think know. this movie, who I mean, because who? You know, I'm not going to say that because teachers are really precious to us. Um, I'm not going to critique this, but I I will say the kids in this movie. Um, have no problem with kicking their teacher's ass. Oh, no. <laughs> they literally stab this man in the eye, and that's when they realize that whatever mm. Zeke is snorting or creating, that's, mm. you know, bad for the aliens. They're waiting for, they're waiting for an excuse to murder their teachers. That, that, I was, that's what I was going to say, but yeah. you know what? In this climate of school shootings and also pandemic, teachers are so important. I'm not going to put that out there. Y'all <laughs> better appreciate y'all teachers. <laughs> We're not gonna do that. Um, all right, let's 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 move on because we're getting to my favorite scene I, and your favorite scene mm-hmm. too, actually. Yeah. So, af, um, after they're confronted, um, Zeke cuts off Furlong's fingers, which keep moving on their own. Like you said, they, they are unkillable, and ejects his homemade drugs into Furlong's eyes, apparently killing him. Oh, they say apparently. Zeke takes mm. the five to his house where he experiments on a specimen retrieved by Casey. He discovers it needs water to survive and can be killed by his drugs. So Zeke makes everyone take the drug to prove that they are uninfected humans. Delilah is revealed as an infected and she destroys Zeke's lab and most of his drug supply for escaping. The scene, let's get to it. Are you are you taking the drug to prove? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Oh I'm take the drug. <laughs> yes, I'm taking the drug. Yes, I'm I mean, taking the drug. So if I'm just one of them in the room, I mean he has a gun, right? But then also, I don't know, like just if I'm if I'm me, if I'm Cardale in that room, like I don't know, you guys have a gun. I'm a black guy. I'm the only black guy here. I think uh I don't like I'll, I'll take the drug. Like it's not a big deal. It's just a drug, right? Nobody else he's been selling those drugs for a while, right? I'm not gonna Well, push I, it. I the thing is Zeke isn't actually it. he's saying it's cocaine, but I think it's like uppers, it's like speed and something else it's not great, right? Like he's right, just selling I mean, it. This is this is gonna sound really bad when I say this. Well, you can take anything once, right? And that's, be okay. Well, that's true. It's not like I'm a, now I'm gonna do it forever because you took it. I mean, I don't know. It's, hopefully, it's not like a bad like a uh, like meth or something or heroin. It's not that bad. Well, could you imagine? It's like you take this heroin right now to show me. I'm like, what? And no! see, heroin. I don't know. Then I would pause. I don't know. Right. See, I'm assuming the drug is kind of like like coke or speed or something, right? Like, okay, I'll take it. One yeah, time. it's just an upper. It's, right. it's an upper. Whatever, right? But they were like, do this heroin. I'm like, oh wait a minute, now there's got to be another way. Right, you shoot up this crack right now, or what? <laughs> just call me an alien because I'm not doing that. Be, now I have a drug addiction. This is a good. This is a good uh, spot to also put something in Zeke's care package. So okay, this is for Zeke. Zeke. Yep, as we're seeing, as I'm watching this scene in the background, you are very smart. You look like you're into science. You're dissecting this rat, poor rat. Um, you're studying the dynamics of the creatures that are in the rat and the, the parasite. Um, I'm feeling like you need, I'm not going to give you a book because I, I was really tempted to give you a chemistry book. Um, 
I'm gonna put in your care package no more books care package Zeke um an application to MIT I really think you should (laughs) is that what you're gonna do I was gonna say applications to a college yeah now I gotta pick up something else I'm going to put it, well, I said it first. I'm going to put an application to MIT in your care package. And I want you to sit there and think about it because you could be brilliant. You could find cures for uncurable diseases um, if you just applied yourself. Now Cardell's mad at me because I took his idea. I was like, I got one. It's not a book. I'm going to go. And now I'm stuck. And now I'm thinking, like, maybe it does need a book, right? Maybe what? A book? Yeah, maybe it does need a book. Zeke's right. not reading a book. You gotta put, book. you gotta put what Zeke is gonna gonna do. Okay. Um. You know what he might like, but it's too early, right? He might like mm-hmm. Breaking Bad, like the the box set. He would. He. I think that would send him on a trajectory that we don't want Zeke to go down. <laughs> we don't want Zeke to go down the path of Breaking Bad. We're trying to get him off of this path that he's on now. Not you trying to get him back in the drug but game. We're trying to put him out If he watches the whole show, it, it ends poorly for him. So then he'll learn to listen. Zeke's watching the pilot and he's like, word, got it. Making crack. I'm making um, meth now. Perfect. I got it. I he's know the be, recipe. He's going to buy the RV and just leave it there. It's this the, is the worst care package <laughs> you've ever... Go back to giving him books. Give books away. Because you're trying to put my man, you're setting my man up. Um, the scene is really fun. Now, this movie, I forgot to mention earlier, this movie is one of my favorites because it reminds me of my sister. Mm-hmm. My sister, Dejanae, loves this movie, especially the part where Casey gets the giggles and he starts going a little crazy. The camera and gets a on, little wonky there, too. The camera gets a little wonky. He, She loves this movie for that reason. She thinks it's so funny. Am I, am I going to snort? Yeah, I'm going to snort. Um... I'm really susceptible though. I have low tolerance. Like I have a glass of wine and it's over. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to need some support from my friends uh, to help me dr- get out of this situation. You know, what would be really bad. We should do, here's a pitch. Let me know if you're in on it. Okay. I do actually, I don't even want to say this pitch out loud, but I'm going to say it. Cause I'm, I'm probably going to write it. So no one else can take it. Copyright 2021. I want a zombie movie with a group of friends who just did a crazy amount of cocaine and now have to somehow survive the zombie apocalypse. Don't you, you think? Should, you should talk to Seth Rogen. He produced that. Oh, yes. Could you imagine if you just did a whole bunch of drugs and then freaking zombies happen outside? You're like, oh, my God, get it together. <laughs> like, I got to survive. That's how I feel bad for Casey in this movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, he is tweaking in the middle of an alien invasion. That's got to be the worst yeah. nightmare. That was, That's got to be. I think I would be very annoying if they had made me take those drugs and how, like, panicky right. I would be. Like, one, because of the aliens. And two, like, I'm panicky about the drugs. So now I'm, like, double panicky. Plus, I'm high. I would probably Plus, be I'm annoying. high. I'd be very annoying to be around. Let's talk about, since we know how the movie ends, let's talk about the queen sitting there and and take, let me remind myself, does she take these drugs? She does not take the drugs, but that's not revealed until later. She does not take the drugs. Right. She pretended. She pretended to take the drugs. Um, The queen just sitting there watching one of her own just like get murked up. She is, she's heartless soul. She is. and she knows. I'm watching them take the drugs in the background, too. Elijah Wood is so tiny. What a sweet, sweet little man. <laughs> he is. 
Oh, that's so sad. I would probably take the drugs. Okay, here we go. So Acting on... Oh, oh go ahead. You have notes. Yes, you have yeah, notes. Yeah, no, so this scene, like I think I said it earlier before the scene, it's like very similar. If you ever seen The Thing, it's a very similar scene where uh, I won't spoil the movie for you, but they have to prove that they're not the thing, right? The thing, and right. And they're all sitting around and they have to do it. And it's like very tense, like, oh, you know, is it going to be them? Is it going to be them? What's going to happen when they react, right? And so right. the second that scene, because it's almost like they're in a tight space, Nobody knows who's the, who, who the alien is, and there's like right. a test, and there's a gun. I mean, it's almost like when you when you see the movie, you're like that's almost the exact scene because it's so close to the thing. And that's and there's one more. It's, it's not there yet, but there's one more callback to the thing. Um, that's coming up. Yeah. Ooh, awesome. Later. This is a really good scene. It's really intense, especially with the gun going around and everyone just like, I'm not the, I'm not the alien. It's not me. Also, where are all the parents? Your son has a, a literal meth lab in your garage. I need well, you to check in on your white child. They're always gone. Isn't that what the, the principal said? Like they're always gone. Somebody said it. They're always they're and, like in and, Europe or something, right? They don't care. And that's and that you know, I love that. And that's a, such a nineties excuse. Oh, we have can I have a house party tonight because my parents just back in Rome. Are white parents really doing this? Are y'all leaving your kids? If my parents are going to Rome, we are going to Rome, mom and dad. You're not leaving me in Ohio. I'm going to Europe. <laughs> my parents the never have left me at the home. I didn't really do anything crazy in high school. My parents still wouldn't have left me alone. Period. I think I had anything. a babysitter still at 17. My mom was like, we're not doing this. <laughs> we're not doing this at all. Um, it's, it's a very 90s trope, though, that the popular rich person parents are always gone because they're vacationing in, in Prague or Europe or Italy and I'm just like mm-hmm. what world are y'all living in? Teen movies were very big in like in the nineties, right? Oh and yes, they were. They had to find their excuse, right? Because it, parents it, children have limitations, right? I mean it's just the the, the way it is, right? And so they had to find Right, these are teenagers. To, like, make up why these parents because like there's a suspension of the disbelief when you watch a movie, but they can only go so far. It's like all this is happening, the parents are doing nothing about it. So they're like, oh, well, their parents are just gone. Right? They're always just gone to some just gone. Let's unknown just location. Unknown location. I, that's my only critique about Stranger Things. And I love Stranger Things. And I'd be like, I know it's the 80s and it's a different time. It's the forgotten generation. But y'all, y'all kids haven't been home in 12 hours. The fuck? <laughs> like, where, are, where are these parents? Where, they're just at home chilling. Making waffles. I that's the only critique about staring at things. I'm like, I wish you would find some place, some way to involve these parents because these ten year olds are out on the streets for 14 hours a day, sneaking little girls through the basement, and y'all don't know nothing. There was one scene. I think it's like in season two, maybe. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's his name? Dace Montgomery. Is that his name? It's the guy. It's like. The villain guy. He's not really a villain. He, he was a villain in season three. but Yeah, wait, wait. Oh, I can't remember. Please don't hate me, y'all. I love Stranger Things. I just can't remember. He was like the Red Ranger in that right. Power Rangers movie. Yeah, him. That guy. He like shows up and he's like trying to seduce like one of the boys' moms or something. He's like right. flirting with her. And I remember, I remember this. I don't know if you remember the context, but I do remember having the thought of like, your kids have been gone for hours and you're flirting with this like teenager this is a kid you have and this more is a things kid. to be concerned about right now right and he's right. a kid right which is he's a kid awful. so it's illegal yeah that comes <laughs> that comes up at the end i'll make sure I, did i write that down yeah i wrote that down yay okay 
Um, so then, yeah, the Delilah fucks shit up. She literally runs through the garage. Like, oh, I'm just watching in the background. Yeah. And I'm just like, girl, it was a door. <laughs> you didn't have to do all that. You just, like, busted through the garage. Um, so acting on Stokely's um, speculation that killing the alien queen will revert everyone to normal, the group returns to school, where the football team is playing and infecting opposing players. Believing Principal Drake to be the queen, they isolate her in the gym and fatally shoot her. They were wrong. Yeah, they said that, yeah. Stan right confronts the coach. Right oh, the go eyes. ahead. I just say right between the eyes. Right between the eyes. I mean, these kids, honestly, again, they have no qualms. I like it. They're, they're not, like, talking. They're like, it's an alien. We got to kill it. But also, that's my principal. I don't care. <laughs> like, they have not a moment of breathment between them. They're just like, let's just kill these people and get on. Man, I guess they feel like um, they have to. Which now makes me, I didn't, I didn't write this down, but now talking about it with you, it's like, it's almost like, I, earlier I said it was Breakfast Club meets the thing. I think you can throw in a little Red Dawn. Little yeah. Red Dawn. I mean, yeah, what, y'all, first of all, here, here's my thing. Oh, the aliens are invading? Let me get out of here. Y'all, that's not my business. Y'all want to infect them? They that's tried cool. to leave, remember? I'm going. They blocked well, off they all did. the roads. Remember? Oh, that's right, this little town. Yeah. Oh, like your aliens are smart. Time. Let's take a segue here and let's pack a, a care package for the aliens. Okay. Um, we, we've so much villainized them through this whole episode. And honestly, y'all can come. I'm looking at the sky. Come whenever you're ready. We don't deserve none of this down here. We don't know what we're doing. There's no infrastructure. The, our, our government's messing up. We had a whole disease that no one took seriously. We can't be trusted on our own. So please come down and do what you need to do. But I'm going to put a gift in your rocket ship okay. um, before you do. And the first gift is um, a map okay. of the United right. States. Ah! Right. A map of the United States. And I'm going to mark the areas that you should have hit up. You should have hit up. You should have been in Ohio, number one. You need to start in the big three. L.A., Chicago, New York, and make your way across that way. Infiltrate the big areas and spread out. This this would have spread so quickly in L.A., I was honestly. just thinking about that. In New right. York. I was like, cause in the movie, they say that they're like, oh, you know, it's small town. It's like they can sneak in. But New York is so big. So many people. You can so take big. people every day. Nobody would notice. People don't pay attention to each other on the street. Every day. Every day. We were like, oh, look at that crackhead. Nope, that's an alien invasion. Like, you're picking the wrong areas, aliens. I'm just trying to give you some tips for when you come for me, I'm in LA. Um, I just want you, you know, to give me some credit, at least on that. So I'm putting the map of the United States. I'm marking off the cities so you understand where you need to go. Uh, Cardell, what are you putting in their, their spaceship? Uh, you ever go hiking? You get those those packs on your back, the water packs? Yes, yes. You put those on, get some sip, you know, so that way you can get Ohio. Ooh. You can get Utah, Nevada. You can get those states and you don't have to worry about That's it. That's right. You can get all the Dust Bowl states and you can just take your little hydration pack with you. Yeah, I like hydro it. Pack, yeah. Finally, we're getting somewhere with these yeah. care packages. No books for the aliens. Um, that was a really good one. I'm actually jealous. So Stan confronts the coach and the team to see if the plan works but becomes infected himself. That's the really cool scene where they're all outside and it's raining mm -hmm. and their gills are opening up. That is so dope. Yes, I, you can't, they can't, they can't see you, but yeah, he's making be. like the tentacle, the tentacles, uh, tongue thing. That's such a great scene. This movie is really great. Honestly, Kevin, you were knocking this off in the 90s. This is some really good stuff. I didn't say it earlier, but I was really surprised this was Robert Rodriguez. I mean. Yeah. I was really Directing. Yeah. 
I mean, and, and he edited it too. Like Robert Rodriguez is really underrated as an editor, um, I think. But also we need more work from him. I love Planet Terror. Mm-hmm. I think he also is a really interesting eye and un- understands casting and actors very well. Um, he's also very close to obviously Tarantino. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I'm not going to say, I don't know if he was close to Weinstein, but he worked, you know, a lot of his projects yeah. were under Weinstein. So I get it. But um, yeah, that was really dope. I don't know what he's up to lately, but I hope he's still directing and, and comes out with something soon because he was really awesome. Um, this film, shoot, I was going to say something that was really important, but not really important about this film. This high school actually reminds me of the high school from Stranger Things now that I'm looking at it. Um, yeah, but anyway, th- that's the the scene outside where they're in the water and they're all just like, yes, water, we're so excited, which I'm like, why aren't y'all taking laps in the pool? <laughs> every day i guess it's the chlorine that doesn't work they need like fresh clean water to Maybe. sustain again y'all should be in santa monica oh no no not santa monica seattle seattle london you will never ever ever run out of water you'll be happy as hell um okay so we lose stan so sorry stan he becomes infected zeke and casey retrieve more of zeke's drugs from his car casey leads infected students away from zeke who encounters Miss Burke in the parking lot and seemingly kills her while escaping. This scene right here. Yeah. So there's a scene where her head comes off, I believe, right? Somebody's head comes off, right? And then tentacles come out. Which also, again, like what I was saying earlier, what's the logistics of these aliens? Because she's alive at the end of the movie. Anyway, her head's crawling around. That scene happens in the thing. So after the scene we were talking Ah! about before, where they're testing people, someone's head comes off. And then the legs come out, and they're walking around the room, and that's oh, that's exactly from the thing. That's actually actually that's also a, a scene that I love in Mars Attack, mm. um, where you have Sarah that's, that's Jessica Parker's head just walking around. Um, we also forgot to mention the Queen is so smart in this movie. This little bitch, she pours all of Zeke's drugs on the teacher, yes. um, like just so and so she does scared. it so well. I was scared. And she's like, dude, that's all the drugs. She's like, oh my God, was it? Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. I like you. She's smart. you like, she's trying she's very to. Active she's queen. Very active. Like bees and other animals are like, you know, termites or something. They just kind of chill. She's see. like, y'all are not or about like to falter xenomorphs. my plan. Right. Xenomorphs. Like, she's like, y'all are not about to falter my plan. I've been planning this for a bajillion years. And I'm not about to be beat by some six kids in some damn high school. She puts up a really good, like, the art of war type fight. Like she's not like, she could just kick all their asses, honestly, and then get rid of them. But she's like, no, I'm about she's to infiltrate. I'm about to listen. She's huge. She listens. She waits. She's patient. I really like it. I really like it a lot. And then Stokely, we forgot to mention, Stokely gets to kiss Stan before he gets infected. Cause she's in love with Stan. And do you think Mary Beth is a real person? That's a great question. Like, I had always assumed she wasn't, but now I'm thinking, well, what's she? I feel like she is, right? Because they need a host. They're a parasite, so they can't do it without a body. So wherever the queen, like, and here's, this is an interesting conversation. Did she find someone in Ohio, like maybe not in that city and infiltrate and then went to the city and like, okay, well, this is the city we're starting with. Or did she go to the South and pick up Mary Beth? And that's why she has the accent, or she learned? Did she learn the accent? You know, like mm. how studious is this queen? So, so 
my assumption, and I, I could be wrong, because and they don't really say it in the movie, my assumption is that they're doing this in multiple cities, right? Right. And that they just, just picked her that body up in the South, right? But then that leads to another question, is what was so important about this town in Ohio that the queen What's had to stop what she was doing and come right, from and go over here. Cliff in Georgia and go Ooh. all the way to Ohio? Well, you know what? Now that we're talking, maybe she's not as smart as I make her out to be because, bitch, if, if all this falls apart because of you, why aren't you, like, secluded somewhere? You know what I mean? And why aren't you protected? That's because why do. are you in... Right! Like, that... Yeah, now I gotta take back my compliments because your plan would have went off without a hitch if you just would have secluded yourself and protected yourself. Because we all this falls apart if you die. So why are you involving yourself? Her little babies uh, are almost indestructible. Like you said, you cut the fingers off. They keep right. She's she really not thinking clearly here. Wow. Ego. All right. That's time ego. to pack her a care package. It's time to pack a care package because she's fucking up. This is for the queen. All right. So the queen... I'm putting in your care package a key card to 1998 Hilton. I think there was Hiltons oh. that were really good back then. Um, the Hilton, you could be in Ohio, girl. No one's saying that. You, you don't have to, you know, I'm not saying that you can't be in Ohio to like keep track, you know, of what's going on on the Ohio tip. I'm going to keep you in Ohio. I'm going to put you in the Hilton in downtown Ohio, but I'm going to give you the key card so you can just chill, homie, because you cannot be out there in the mix because this whole thing falls apart without you so i'm giving you a hotel stay at the mm. the bread and breakfast at the hilton downtown what are you putting in her little care package see i had the same idea but not a hotel right like mm. she, she she needs like a gift card to one of those bunker builder companies right a bunker yeah you think she had to eat though does she have to eat because i was trying to get her room service and some like she's a queen i don't think she had to eat Something different. Hmm. They're aliens. They eat something different. They like absorb nutrients from the ground or something. She might enjoy, but you know, I'm trying to keep. She is a queen, so I was like queen size bed, mm. unlimited water. Like she mm. just like room service of unlimited water. Right, but you, you like, know? but like you said, they're in war. Right, the the comforts have to go. It's for the. But good she's the, the queen. But still, for the good of the people, right? you're like you're the queen. She watched one of her people snort cocaine in front of her and let her take the L for that. Like, this queen does not seem like she gives it an She may not F. care, but the care package is what she needs, not what she wants. Ooh, okay. Okay, that's fair, queen. All right, so bunker it is. Down to the bunker you go. You need to stay away because we are at war and you're going to get us. We need to win this war. I'm really disappointed in her now because I really gave her credit this whole movie for being smart, but she real dumb. I feel played a fool. A fool. Okay, so what what was I saying? Oh, uh, here we she go. She dumped so the drugs. She dumped the drugs. Oh my um, so they go but to get more drugs from Zeke's car, which I know pissed her off. She's like, damn, that's not it. Um, <laughs> Casey leads infected students away from Zeke who encounters Miss Burke in the parking lot and they seemingly kill her while they escape. At the gym, Stokely becomes suspicious of the queen during a conversation about pretending to be what one is not. And I, okay, so now we're seeing the connection of why Stokely, that whole thing of pretending to be gay when she's not, it's a loose threaded theme. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm going to steer you guys to horror queers to have you let them unpack that for you. But I can see what Williamson was trying to connect in this. Mm -hmm. Mary Beth subsequently reveals herself to be the alien queen. Early on, she faked taking the drugs. 
Um, and and she, I mean, she was smart for that. Casey and Stokely flee to the swimming pool where Stokely is injured and becomes infected. And then Zeke and Casey hide in the locker room where Mary Beth reverts to her human disguise. Mm-hmm. You, you good so well, far? Yeah. There's a lot of shit yeah, happening. Yeah. She explains. Yep, she's, she's walking around naked in the locker room. What reason? I have no idea why she's naked. What was the reason? Um, which is why I gave her a hotel room because like you could stock up on clothes, mm-hmm. like because you kind of wore the seedy little out. Like this movie takes place in the span of one day. Do we realize that? Is it one day? No. It's it's, it's, it's night. One day. It's, it's night when it comes on, right? Okay, so night. Yeah, so in a span of a twenty-four hour the window, this movie takes place. We get the night before with the teacher, and mm-hmm. then the next day they go to school. They stay after school and they go to his Zeke's house and then they go back to school during the football game. It's like mm-hmm. a Friday night. Yeah. Like this is this is a lot for that's one lot. day. Mm-hmm. So that's why she didn't have to change clothes that much. But then she naked. Him. No. No, it's not one day. When they call Dwayne the cops, he goes home that day and they come back to school the next day. That's right. That's right. Okay, so we got about a two, couple of days, days. Yeah. two three days, two three days. Um, so, you know, she explains that she's taken over the earth because her own planet is dying and she must transform back into her. Girl, right. (laughs) Did you do your research? Do you not know this is earth? (laughs) Global warming. Like, please, this is not the place for you. This place is spoiled and rotten to the core. You are in the wrong area. Um, so she, she transforms back into her true form and she hurls Zeke across the room into the lockers and she knocks him out. Casey seizes the drugs and tricks the queen into following him into a retracting bleachers and she, she traps her. Again, Zeke, that's why this MIT application is so important for you. You are so smart, so handsome and innovative, kind, um, generous. Um, oh, the scene- Zeke. Casey leads her through the thing. Oh, that's true. I don't. Elijah okay, Wood. my bad. Elijah Wood does. Anyway, I'm talking about Zeke's on my screen right now. It's the scene. Oh, okay. It's where he kills the the hot teacher with his car, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm sorry. I was thinking about Zeke, but all of those things don't apply to Elijah Wood's character, Casey. So, so just the opposite of that. Yeah. Um. Sorry, Elijah. So Casey, yes, Casey traps her in the bleacher and then he stabs the drug into the queen's eye the queen infects casey with her dying breath but he almost immediately returns to normal upon her death and casey returns to the locker room and finds stokely and zeke alive so we have our our, our three there's this this is the scene on tv and two with the 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 head i see what you're talking about so this is the thing you were talking about yeah with her little mm-hmm. o- octopus legs it's a, good to be inspired by other people. It's yeah, great. no, I, I think that's good. I, it, I was pleased when I saw it. I was like, oh, I like this. This movie uh, is actually really good. It holds up. <clears throat> uh, this is what I was going to say earlier. Okay. And it's December, so I'm going to say it, but I'm going to I'm gonna allude to it, and then I'll tell you, Car- Cardell, when we hang up, what the actual thing is. But I don't want to okay. spill the beans. We were going to initially tape this episode in season one. With a guest, mm. a guest who advised us that that this piece of IP would return, mm. and I was saving that interview for when that piece of IP was announced. But I don't think it's happening mm. anymore. So that's all I'll give you guys. I don't want to get in trouble. I'll tell you, Cardell, when we hang up, who it was and what it was. 
But um, I'm intrigued. I'm, that's why we waited so long because we really thought we would get this interview about this piece of IP and we didn't. So, um, and they never announced anything. But I, I, I will want to say, I'm going to text that person today. If it's still happening, please let me know. Because rewatching this film has made me so happy to talk about it. And I really, you know, that's all I can say, you guys. I'm sorry. I know that's like a crap, a cop out, but that's all I can say. Anyway. All right. So we're getting towards the end of the movie. One month later, everyone has returned to normal. Stan and Stokely, who has shed her goth girl image, boo, are now dating. And Zeke has taken Stan's place on the football team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry. Mm. That was not in your care package. <laughs> what? And it says while Miss Burke affectionately watches in practice. That's what I want to talk about. Are you dating a student? <laughs> That's super inappropriate. You can't date a, a student, a substitute teacher or not. You can't do that. Like, let's just let's just play in in our head. Okay, so Zeke has repeated high school, so he's technically he's technically eighteen. 18 yeah, right. It's it's still all bad all around because as a substitute teacher, you know, someone who had to go to college and graduate work in the system she might be 24 25 but she looks 30 (laughs) so it's like girl um alien or not saved your life or not that is an 18 year old child who repeated high school they ain't no way you would catch my 31 year old ass sitting in a bleacher watching a goddamn high school rehearsal a practice not even a game like the optics on that just like Look let's reverse that. Right. Let's reverse the genders, and y'all let me know There's if no, that works out. <laughs> There's no way. Let's there. reverse the gender. Let Let me find out. Delilah's um uh new man was thirty, sitting in the bleachers right. watching her cheerlead. Right. Doesn't John, that sound creepy? John Stewart. <laughs> John Stewart, exactly. That's that's nasty. So this don't make no sense. And also, Stokely, girl. Shed, you shed your goth girl image because now you have a man as a former goth girl you were a goth girl school, I, I was a goth girl I loved black eyeliner lipstick I was all about it um, I only shed my image uh, because my t- I'm wearing black now but my taste you know you evolve you learn how to do right. makeup and hair differently Stokely I don't like this for you I don't like that you A started out the movie pretending to be something you're not and then B changed everything about you to pseudo fit this like football girlfriend of a football player vibe. I, oh, we haven't packed your care package yet. Here you go, bitch. Stokely, I don't know if this is a tangible thing, but if I could, I would suck out confidence and put it in a ball and I would stroll it, roll it up and put it in your care package so you'd have this little ball of confidence. Because you don't have it. And I'm really sad for you for that. Because you're, you're beautiful and you're fun and you're smart. So here's my little ball of confidence for your care package, Stokely. What are you packing for her? Oh, no. What are you going to pack for Stokely? Uh, let's see. You know, I think, I don't know if there's something you can pack, right? Kind of you said something you can pack. But I think she needs to sit down with somebody who's like her, who's older. She needs to have a conversation with somebody because she, like you said, mm. her, her identity is very in flux and she doesn't really know who she is. And I think 
maybe it's because she doesn't like herself, or maybe she thinks other people don't like her, or whatever the reason. But she needs to like realize that you can just be whoever you want to be, and there's no need to try to be right. Else. And if he Especially he's gonna love you people. for who you are, exactly. He better love you for all the goth that you have, the goth glow. Um, I like that. That's that's very. I'm gonna tell you what it is, okay? It's a dumbass white movie about some dumbass white girls getting their white asses cut the fuck up, okay? Yeah, I suppose Sandra Bullock is Miss Ethnicity, right? Well, no. All I'm saying is that the horror genre is historical for excluding African American elements. Well, that's how you get your PhD in black cinema, sister soldier. struggling between four and five because I really like this movie and I'm trying to look at it from an objective point of view I want to give it a I want to give it a five I really enjoyed it when I watched it again which I was really surprised I'm gonna give it a five I really like it I'm, I am too I'm gonna give it a five out of five because it has held up for so long the thing that's brilliant about Kevin Williamson is writing is that it's not it some of it is dated but some of it is just like these teens still I, I you know I, they still speak like this and they still <clears throat> emote like this and a lot of people still feel this way so it has held up unlike when you watch an 80s movie and you're like oh no this is this is just old um i really do enjoy this movie and i think it is a really good story um and even though the cgi at the end is rather silly for a queen i, mean, I it still really works yeah 1998 right it, it works great. i think that that's the only thing that did um cause any kind of problem like you said by holding up it's just the technology and then the movie i mean you can't do anything about that you can't predict can't do anything about that things like that yep exactly cgi and all that so this is really fun um so i want to want you to tell us about your podcast oh yeah the ordinary show the ordinary show yeah yeah so i started this podcast it's just honestly it's it's just for fun it's just a a labor of love i do it and the, the premise is just that um I always I, I've seen like uh, Conan's podcast or I think Dax Shepard has a yeah. podcast, right? And where they're just like yes. oh, talking to their friends about interesting stuff with them. I was like, you know, I want to hear those yeah. stories. I want to hear them from just regular people and not celebrities, right? And that's kind of the premise of my podcast. Yeah. Just I talk to people I know or people I find online, and I'm like, hey, I just want to talk to you. So the three rules are like nobody rich, nobody with a verified account, or uh, and. Like, oh wow no like politician or anything like that nobody that's like easily recognizable okay. right anybody else can come on my show right. Any, anybody's like i want to be on your podcast you can come on there and i will interview you and you'll be on the episode and it'll be a great time and we just talk about what's important to you what's something interesting about you and what we talk about with you i usually try to keep the episodes around an hour my last episode is almost two hours we were talking about the oscars oh, wow. we were talking about the oscars a friend of mine she loves the oscars and gotcha. she, she's talking about the oscars so we, we went a little long but um yeah, that's my podcast. It's The Ordinary Show. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on pretty much anywhere you can find. It's on Google, Spotify, all that. Um, like I said, I just do it for fun. And I, I honestly, I love talking to people. And so when you kind of, if you, yeah. anybody's on the podcast, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to talk. And I hope I make people feel comfortable when they come on. And when people listen, hope they get that. It's just that there's so many stories out there that, that people have, right? It's a, the mm-hmm. the idea I had in my head is that I, heard, I came across this, this word. It's a new word, you know. But it's called Sonder. It's the idea that everybody you see on the street or anywhere, right, is has a uh-huh. life just just as vivid and exciting as your own, right? And that those stories mm-hmm. are out there. And I wanted to bring those stories to the world. 
I love that. I love it. The ordinary show, but it's not ordinary. You're listening to people and points of views and walks of life and what connects us. Where can people follow the show online? Is it on Twitter, Instagram? So, I'm on Twitter. It's just um, Ordinary Pod uh, on Twitter and then The Ordinary Show on Facebook. And I don't have Instagram. I don't really take pictures, so there's really no need for me to have pictures. Um, every now and then I like post a picture of me recording or something. Um, awesome. And um, Well, you heard him. Yeah, you can, like I say, it's on uh, Apple Music, Spotify, all that stuff like that. You can oh, see there. I'm on Twitter. If you just search the ordinary show, I'm sure I'll come up. And um, hi, hi, precious baby. Let us see. Now we have to. Oh my goodness! Hello, pretty girl. Hello. Can you say hello? Hello. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Are, are you a fan of the faculty? You are now. Good. You're That's on. the perfect answer. You're on the podcast now. Do you want to be on the podcast? Okay. Yes. I like her. What's your favorite scene from the faculty? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like she'll watch it soon. Um, this is in my one. It's my daughter Iris who walked into the room while we were recording. Um, but yeah, she's amazing. I, thank you. I love I love doing my podcast. It's it's a hobby of mine, and I and um, more people listen. Like I said, there's no ads. I'm not doing it for money or anything like that. So if you just want to hear about people talk about. So if it's interesting to them, listen, I'd appreciate it. Well, you heard it, guys. If you want to be on The Ordinary Show with Cardell and Baby Iris, right? Yeah, Baby Iris. With Baby Iris, then you can reach out to them on the Facebook and on the Twitter. And I think it's an amazing idea and for you to pass around stories. Cardell... Iris, this is perfect timing because we've been chatting for an hour and we made it through the movie. We had a small technical difficulty, but God provides because the track was saved. I almost had a heart attack thinking that track was gone, but we're still here. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and taking notes and period, Iris, and for and for um, contributing and listening to Afro Horror. I really enjoyed our time together. Um, I hope to have you back. Actually, we will have you back for the thing. Yes, please. When I watch the thing. Yes. So I can ask you all these questions. Um, so I'm going to invite you back for the thing. Um, but since this is airing in December, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope everybody has a great Christmas in 2021. Um, we made it, y'all. Yeah. Unless we didn't make it, then oop. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> then we didn't look. make it, nobody here. Right. Could you imagine the aliens came and we're, this podcast aired? And I'm like, oh, damn, that was awkward. Right. We just gave them all the tips. We gave them the maps. And they came. <laughs> like they actually showed up. Um, you can find us, guys, you know, on Afro Horror. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Clubhouse as of now. Again, this is taped in May. So who knows what the world will have in store for us. Um, but check us out. We'll be back next year. I'm thinking next year's theme will be movies I've never seen. So we can all enjoy all the movies I've never seen together. Iris agrees. Iris, she wants to do movies she's never seen. Yes. I or we could just talk about your hair. It's beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful girl. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next month. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Afro Horror. Please subscribe and leave a comment if you'd like what you heard. We want to send a special shout out to Jaren Hemphill for our amazing logo design. Thanks, Jaren. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at, at Afro Horror or on our website, www.afrohorror.com. No copyright infringement was intended while recording this podcast.